Lord and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Both Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. We are just getting started. Thanks for joining us on a rainy, I don't know how it is by you, but it's a rainy, extra rainy, foggy, unseasonably chilly spring, rainy spring, crappy summer. So far the weather has not been what you would think it would be. Up to this point, listen, what are you going to do? I'm not complaining. Who cares? Uh, it's not freezing cold. Sometimes these, forget about New York City, too, on the west side, too. You walk down some of these, mostly, I would say, streets because they have the kind of like the gateway to the west. The wind just sweeps through there when it's cold out, and it's just not not a good thing. But you don't have to deal with that. And I, listen, to be honest with you, I'm not complaining. I don't need 95. I like 95 when I'm on a cruise. But to the day-to-day, I do run hot, a little sweaty a little bit, you know, the whole slob thing and that, this and that, whatever. But all right, let's go. Usual. Top of the show, Instagram. Follow me there. All you have to do is check out Always Be Booked. We are on iTunes. I would appreciate if you guys subscribed to that. And if you were so inclined, leave a little review there as well. Wouldn't kill me. Wouldn't kill you. Wouldn't kill anybody. Everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Also, uh, YouTube, we have Always Be Booked. And the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Ask to join that. It is a fun back and forth. It's a growing community. It's a uh, active community, and we have some fun there. You know, there's nothing you can't really post on there. We have a good time with it. We enjoy ourselves. And uh, if you're not part of the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge group on Facebook, I suggest you do that right away. Uh, all right, so what else? What else is there? Did I forget anything? Oh, yeah, email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We talked about lately, even more so, the uh, emails have become a lifeblood of the show. People seem to really, really get into those. So uh, you contribute. You know what I mean? If you like listening to the email portions, if you do find yourself, uh, you know, enjoying that and that is your favorite part of the show why not contribute put yourself on the email i will and also by the way oh yeah three two three getaway first week we had a couple and uh this week we didn't have any uh voice message i know it was a little daunting a little nervous maybe you guys listened to it and were like i don't really want to kind of go that route but it would be fun. You can be. Your voice can be heard on the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast by dialing 323-GETAWAY. Uh, the main topic of today's show is Beatrix, and I'm really, really excited to play that interview for you, and I swear uh, I didn't. This was not planned. It just was so weird. She was just like, uh, I'm really nervous. I had to convince her to come on the show and do this interview because she's a little self-conscious about her accent, which you'll hear is it's ridiculous. She sounds pretty she speaks perfect English and uh, you know she's just a little self-conscious she hasn't done anything like this so I had to convince her to come on and then meanwhile 10 minutes before we actually did the interview we were having brunch and she goes oh by the way I uh, came up with 25 questions for you I'm like what I don't know if we have time for that she's like no 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 quick hitter yes or no questions where we're just gonna ask you know I just ask it's like a I gotta pick it's like a rapid fire thing and that was fun that was cool I thought this shit was really Really cool with that, and I think she, uh, in more ways than one, made an excellent contribute contribution to the show. Uh, all right, what else? So um, I guess, you know what, what do we do here on the Always Be Booked uh, Cruise podcast? We share. We share information. We share things. And uh, this is uh, going to be me sharing a little bit, and I don't know, throwing myself out there a little bit, not necessarily sure if... Uh, this is what you want to hear, but you know it is what it is. So, I will do it, and for better or for worse, it's going to be what it's going to be. Listen, there's no denying. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, you know, the main job, the main career has 
definitely taken a hit. And uh, it's been a significant hit over the last couple of, let's just say, year and a half, two years, right around when I was starting this show. I'm not going to say this to me. Now that gets back to me, I thought of that for the first time. I was like, did this career take a hit because of this show? The answer is no. I don't think so. I I really don't. Uh, Because you know what? We all have hobbies, and this is my hobby, and this is what I like to do. Can it be time-consuming sometimes? Yes. And have I kind of... I guess uh, edged on the verge of kind of you know doing like the overnight in uh, on the horizon, but that was day off. You know, what I mean? either way you can rationalize anything. The truth is, it, it hasn't. The answer is no that it, that it hasn't. But since the career, the main career, did take a little bit of a dip, um, and there's you know what, one day we'll do a show. One day I'll, I'll reveal that to you. It's not even like a big reveal. Uh, one day I'll open up the mic and I'll kind of just. I guess, give you guys the sequence of events that kind of led to, I guess, you know, things taking a step back. There was some that are uh, internal that I guess were on my end. There's some that are market driven, I believe. And then there's some that are, I guess, the situation of my company that I work for uh, that, you know, I'm not 100% happy with. So you'll get my side of the story. We'll talk about that, you know, down the road, but not today. We'll we'll share things one at a time, little by little. But the the truth is, is that where I'm at right now is... uh, we're battling a little bit, you know. Not only did the career take a little bit of a hit, simultaneously, I probably basically doubled my expenses, you know. So the cost model <laughs> to be me hasn't been working out so well. So um, he is kind of like where I'm at, you know. What to be honest with you, I gotta kind of come up with something. I gotta make a decision. And while I said I don't think this uh, venture. Or this, I guess, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call always be booked in general. You know, to you guys, it's probably like, well, you know, it's three hours a week. What's the big deal? It's not that. You know what I mean? It's Instagram is a lot. You know, you have to do these pictures. You have to. The show prep has been getting more and more involved, you know, writing the news, sorting out the emails. And then now that the travel uh, agency portion of it is up and running, you do have a lot of people that want quotes. Not everybody books, clearly, but a lot of people do want quotes. And I'm not knocking that at all. But I'm saying all of that to say this. Um, I'm going to have to take a run at this thing. What I'm going to do, you know, do designing the t-shirts and everything, that was time consuming. So what I'm going to do, basically, long story short, and this is a happy story, this is good. Next couple of months, I'm going to go hard with Always Be Booked, and we're going to push it, and we're going to try to make it happen so that it is something that can be at least showing signs of something that can, I'm not even saying a full-time living that I'm going to be able to retire off of or anything like that, but when you fall in love with something and you fall in love with the project, you have to be careful because it can consume you, and that's what it's been doing to me. And then the adult side of you has to take a step back and look at, okay, at what expense is this happening? Now, maybe not it's, it's not at the expense of it, but as the career has taken a little bit of a hit, listen, I'm not here to lie to you. I'm, I'm good at what I'm good at what I do. I know what I'm doing. I have experience. I have, I believe, a um, a knack for this business, the business that I'm in, that that a lot of people don't have. Now, uh, I also, like I said, love what I'm doing now with this little side project and having fun with it. But what's 
proving to kind of come to the forefront is that we all got to make a living and we all have to have a career. You guys have careers. You guys have goals. You guys know where you want to be. Right now, where I'm at, there just isn't a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And in many regards, I got to kind of take care of my house. So if that was kind of trudging along and doing its thing and sustaining me and, you know, everybody's happy, but then also... I had the always be booked side of it, and that was supplementing me, taking me to another level. It was kind of uh, satisfying that creative, the the creative end of it, and it, and I was being stimulated by that. I could go to work and do my thing, but at the same time, I can't sustain a financial and career hit like I've been sustaining. But then also justify putting all the time I've been putting into into this thing right now. So, long story short. What's going to happen is I am going to go at this always be booked thing for a while. You're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some advertisements. You're going to see me trying to push the travel end of it. You're going to try to see see me trying to push the T-shirt end of it, and you're going to see me, uh, you know, pushing the pa- uh, the Patreon, the Patreon. I don't even know how to say it. I'm trying to <laughs> Patreon, the Patreon account, and uh, those are what's going to be. We're going to try to see if we can make some headway with that. If we can, great. But gotta probably give it. What are we talking about? Through this lease. Through this lease at the end of August, I would say. There's no real movement. If we don't have the if the meter doesn't move at all, what's going to have to happen, and let's just call it a hiatus. We're going to go on a hiatus, and I'm not, listen, cruising is part of me now. It's not going anywhere. And I will be back at some point, but what's going to have to happen is I'm going to have to stop doing this to be f- quite frank and quite honest with you. I'm going to have to shut this down, and I'm going to have to freaking Rocky style Get out the jump rope, turn on the music, and look myself in the eye and get that eye of the tiger back and reestablish this whole career thing and fight through. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of you had a lot of advice for me on the uh, email as far as how to make Always Be Booked a sustainable thing. I'm going to push for a lot of that stuff. A lot of you guys had some good ideas. However, we got to be realistic. And if it doesn't happen in a couple of months, you know, this is the type of thing that takes a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to kind of grind it out. At this point in the career and in the life and with the um, with the overhead that I have, I'm not necessarily in a position to be able to be that starving artist for three years and eat ramen noodles and, you know, live with five roommates and this and that, that type of thing. I don't have it. I can't do it right now. I already have a lease. I have this and that. I, I, it's just, just too much right now. I have to, at my age, I'm already at the top of my game in the career that I'm in. So I got to ride that wave. And hopefully, if anything, maybe down the road, the always be booked thing can be a little bit of a slow kind of begin to be a takeover and I could eventually rely a lot more on that but that is not today that's not what's going on today that's not what's happening so we're going to see where it goes and I'm going to push for it and uh, we're going to have a a good show today and a good set of shows for the foreseeable future and keep bringing you this entertainment that you seem to like a lot of you seem at least three or four of you like this show i know that at least three or four of you so i i love it just as much bringing it to you as as you do listening to it but i'm sure you guys can all understand understand right we all have to we all have careers we all have to focus and as you know this is a hobby what is hobby hobby is playtime right this is kind of a little bit of play, a little bit of playtime for me doing this stuff. And you know, if if things don't happen the way they need to happen in a couple of months, um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have playtime's gonna have to get a little bit of a rest. So that's just the that's just the reality. It's just how it's gonna be. And the reason I bring that to you is because 
We don't lie to each other, Cones. You know what I'm saying? All right, with that said and that uplifting news, let's get into the cruise news. All right, so we have a new ship alert, and it's from one of the big boys. That's right, the king of all things WoW, Royal Caribbean, is releasing some more info about their newest upcoming ship called the Spectrum of the Seas. You know this is going to be an amazing, gigantic, incredible, I don't know, insert whatever other grandiose descriptive word you want, because since around, I don't know, 2009, Royal Caribbean has stopped doing basic, period, end of story. They stopped merely building cruise ships. With the Oasis of the Seas, this cruise line began putting out these mega structures at sea and started sending them all over the world. And uh, I I don't know, I I still think there's a doomsday plan for all these cruise ships, don't you? I don't know. I know I'm a little crazy. People sleep on cruise ships. Not cruisers. We don't sleep on them, but regular people. I am by no means a conspiracy theorist, but if... And I repeat, if there is some new world order out there, some all-encompassing governing body that supersedes us as nations, uh, there's got to be a doomsday plan for these cruise ships. Uh, You know what I'm saying? I mean, if the shit hits the fan on land and you have these mega structures that can collectively move hundreds of thousands of people all over the world... I got to believe that there would be some sort of a plan for that. It's just too good, too ideal of a of a of a scenario to pass up. If there is, like I said, if there is some overseeing world government. Anyway, the Spectrum of the Seas is set to make it, make its debut in Shanghai in June of 2019, and it will be interesting to see how it does. Word on the street in the industry is that the Asian market well, it's not a, we wouldn't call it a flop. Uh, it hasn't hit as hard as many of the people might have thought it would. And, uh, you know, this just is what it is. But they're not exactly throwing in the towel just yet. The Spectrum is going to be part of the newly developed Quantum Ultra class, not to be confused with um, the Always Be Both Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Join today. Uh, I don't know why these cruise lines are just attaching superlatives to their classes of ships and you know, then starting new classes with them. Just come up with a new name. Spectrum class. Not Breakaway Plus. Not Quantum Ultra. Come on. You're better than that. And yes, you did hear me use the term uh, super, superlative a few seconds back. Was that proper usage? Zero idea. I don't know. English teachers. Hit me up. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com with that and all your other emails. So this ship, they say, is going to be purpose-built for the Chinese market. And yes, you will hear that story changed, and it will be repurposed for Miami if the whole Shanghai Nights thing doesn't work out. But as I break their chops a little, there is there is zero doubt that this, this thing is really going to make uh, some serious waves in the industry as we roll right cruise pun number one for this episode so we touched on one or two of them last week but let's go so over some of the unique features of this cruise ship she's going to hold 4,246 guests and it will be a 1,551 crew she'll have pretty much all the features on the standard quantum class ships that made that particular class recognized as the most technologically advanced cruise ship cruise class in the industry it's like it's going to have for example the north star which is a bucket list cruise thing for me as well as the 270 lounge you guys know what the 270 lounge is that's definitely a bucket list thing for me it's got this um uh i guess interactive it's it's basically in the aft part of the ship it's basically built as big as like a multi-level main dining room 
but it's shielded off. It's not an open deck. It's got a huge window that during the day can be a window, and then at night can be transformed into an LED screen and just shows a bunch of scenes, whether it's lightning storms, forest, and it's like several stories high, huge. And they'll do some shows back there too, so they'll make it interactive and kind of have some actors mixing with whatever they're projecting onto the walls as well as they have five i guess what you would call them robot monitors that kind of just act in unison it's really hard to describe this stuff but check out 270 lounge on the quantum class of ships and the uh robotic screens or whatever they want to call them it's just very very artistic the way they kind of use a very very new age way to i guess put on shows and stuff like that but while of course, still having bands, still having music, still having real-life actors, so not abandoning the whole traditional way to do a show. They just added a bunch of technology to it, and is I mean, it's very, very impressive. They'll have the robot bartenders, uh, some of the highest internet speed at sea. They'll have the virtual balconies. They'll have the touch screens in all rooms, which is all stuff, like I said, you've seen on the quantum class ships in past but it will also some feature some new upgrades and uh some of them will be uh you know known as the skypad this is on the aft part of the ship near the flow rider and it will be a virtual reality bungee trampoline where you will be you'll put on your vr headset and you'll bounce up and down off the back of the cruise ship while exploring another planet now (laughs) This not only sounded confusing to me, it also sounded horrifyingly dangerous. So I had to investigate a little bit more and to see what it actually looked like for you cones. Now, they already put this thing on the refurb uh, on the Independence of the Seas as a part of their, uh, you know, like their latest refurbishment. So I saw a bunch of individual trampolines. It kind of looks, if you're looking from outside, and it looks very, very safe. There's uh, what I saw was four. They look like tires laid on the, laid on the side. And they have trampolines on them, so they're bigger than tires, maybe like, I don't know, 10 feet in circumference. circumference. And then you are strapped on either side of your body by two bungee cords. So now you can jump up and down on these uh, tires, and you're suspended in the air from these bungee cords, but then you have this headset on. So I guess what you're feeling like is that you're jumping up and down 15 uh, 15 feet high, and whatever you're experiencing in the headset it kind of just feels like that's what's going on. So I'm sure it's really, really cool. The only thing that throws me off, and again, I'm sure it's I'm, I'm making a bigger deal of, about it than it is, is what it's like to land because you you're basically blind. For all intents and purposes, you're blind. You're looking in on the, whatever manufactured reality they have. But in, in the physical form, you are jumping up and down, probably jumping as high as 15 feet in the air, protected, of course, by the bungee cords on either side of you and landing safely on the trampoline however without seeing with your own eyes where the impact is going to be and how you're going to make impact that would seem a little bit weird to me but i don't know whatever it is i'm sure they have it all worked out and it is an amazing experience and i definitely would like to do something like that it actually looks pretty cool it's crazy these 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 they they like the new disney right i'm not saying disney cruise line i'm just saying in, in disney as far as cruising whereas their motto was if you can dream it you can do it or whatever you know if i if i mess that up at all but I think that's what it was, right? If you can dream it, you can do it. All right. As we said last week, this will be the uh, first Royal Caribbean ship to steal. I mean, take inspiration from the Norwegian concept of uh, a haven-like private suit on the forward end of the ship from decks 13 to 16. Guests of these suites will have a private pool, private restaurant, elevator, concierge lounges, and open door space. Which, again, to me, is I don't know how you feel about this. It almost feels like it's for the anti-cruiser. 
again, it's from me. Uh, cruising is communal. If I was going to pay double for the experience of having most people on the ship not to be able to access my area, I likely wouldn't be cruising a, uh, choosing a cruise ship as my form of travel. But that's just my opinion. Uh, we spoke last week about uh, the return to where they're going to have um, one three-level dining room instead of the multiple smaller rooms, sort of like the dynamic dining setup that they were going to do on a lot of the quantum class ships. Uh, they ditched that completely now, which I think is a good move. Um, so they're going to have one big dining room, grandiose-looking dining room uh, with uh, standard Western selections. And there'll be plenty of Chinese food options as well for the guests. And uh, <laughs> I think that's great. Are you kidding me? Chinese food on a cruise ship? That's reason enough to get on this thing. Do you think they'll be able to uh, let us order by number, too? Can we have I'll take the number seven? Maybe we can get served in those cool takeout cartons with the metal wire on top that we pull pull down and just kind of go in with the chopsticks or the fork, whatever your preference is. Um, also on the spectrum, the Windjammer will be 20% larger than those on the standard Quantum class ships. Uh, there will be specialty dining venues on board, the ones you know and love, like Chops, Jamie's Italian, Izumi. But also, there's going to be some new stuff too, including Dadong, which is a new concept by sh- by Chef Dong uh, Zicheng. I think that's how you say it. Dong Zicheng, who specializes in a roasted duck dish. I'm not sure about you, but I would love to try Dong's duck dish. Um, another indication of the ship being purposeful uh, built for the Asian market. Karaoke, that's right, a venue called Star Moment that will cater to the ever-popular Asian pastime. See, again, is that offensive? Can I not say that Asian people like karaoke? I mean, come on, everybody knows that. Just like we all know that white people smell like bologna when they're out in the rain for more than an hour after 4 p.m. What are we going to do? Deny that too? I don't think so. You guys are familiar with the C-Plex on the newer classes of Royal Caribbean ships, right? I think it's on mostly the Quantum class uh, exclusive to the quantum class, right? Or maybe it's on the Harmony 2. I'm not 100% sure. What do you want me to do? You can't know everything about these freaking ships. Um, the sports complex, you could play basketball there. You could ride bumper cars. You can roller skate, ideally not at the same time. But anyway, they're changing it up by having an augmented reality floor and a set of walls so that I guess that'll kind of add a nuance and uh, ambiance to the activities that go on in there. You'll be able to project or LED. I didn't see whether it's an LED or uh, projection on there, but the walls and floors are going to have kind of an augmented reality to it, and uh, I don't know. That should be amazing. Uh, we said sh- we said before that she will set sail in April, but her first sailing, I'm sorry, in June. We said in June previously, but her first sailing will be in April of 2019, and are you ready for this? This is absolutely out of control. Her first sailing is going to be a 51-day voyage from Barcelona to Shanghai. Wow, when you want to talk about jumping right into action, and that's cool too. I think that's a great idea because, you know, you're on a 51-day voyage. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't say how many stops it was going to make or, you know, specific details like that. But what you'll probably see if you're on that voyage is this ship come into its own. It's probably going to be a train wreck for the first, I don't know, 14 days they'll probably tell you it's going to be a train wreck expect mistakes that's what we do in the restaurant business when we're going to do a grand opening we have a friends and family and you can buy tickets like three dollars 
for an appetizer, $5 for an entree, and $5 for a drink. And you could buy as many of those as you want, and you come in and you sit down, and your currency is those tickets because they're prepaid. And the motto is expect mistakes, expect delays. And that's why it's friends and family of all the coworkers and people who work there. And uh, you know what? You're paying a fraction of what you would normally pay. You're sympathetic because it's a new opening. And you're also sympathetic because it is your family members or friends that are operating. So that is a good way for them to kind of get going. They'll probably say that on that sailing. Listen, for the first 14 days, let us get used to it. And for me, being in that business, it would be kind of cool and enjoyable to see the whole progression and how they come along and, you know, see, you know, how good they are on day seven versus how well they've mastered it on day 40, let's say. So uh, that's going to be the first sailing. And then, like I said, it will be in Shanghai for a while. All right. Moving on from the newest and most technologically advanced ship at sea in one of the most exotic regions on the planet let's take it over to west palm and talk about the bahama paradise cruise line are you guys familiar with this cruise line we've talked about it before they are the ones that came about i don't know 10 years ago they had that one ship that i don't you it looked they would call you relentlessly at home and they try to get you on what looked like a big orange cargo ship where maybe if you got on there they'll give you a peanut butter butter and jelly sandwich in exchange for having to listen to timeshare presentations Then, as if things couldn't get any worse for that cruise line or that cruise ship, the ship actually ran aground and uh, sank. I don't know if it sank because it was like still in very shallow water, but yeah, it it there was there was a giant hole in it or several holes in it, and it was uh, no longer seaworthy. It was a slow sink and it was near land, so everybody was fine. But apparently, they were funded pretty well and profitable since they only gave out peanut butter and jelly people i'm sure they gave them it's an exaggeration but what they were able to do after that happened maybe they filed an insurance claim maybe through whatever they got funding to purchase an old carnival ship and i actually sailed in that ship and i didn't have a miserable time to be honest with you you know expectations involved then they bought a retired costa ship very recently that's within the last couple of months or so so now this little cruise line has two ships running back and forth from freeport bahamas to west palm beach every day one or the other they kind of pass like two ships in the wind pun number two on this episode you can either come right back or you can get a hotel and catch another one back a couple of days later um i mean that is a uh for, for a ghetto ass cruise line that's a great ass story i don't know can I, say, I, can, I can't say ghetto, right? I shouldn't have said that. Ghetto was fine for a long time. Ghetto, you used to be able to say that. White, black, Spanish, everybody used to say, that. oh, that's so ghetto. Or that's ghetto. Talk about, you know, politically correct. That one had a great run. I don't know what you can say now. What What is it now? Ratchet? No, I don't think so, right? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Give me the politically correct term for something that is low budget, compromising, in poor quality, but still maybe of decent value for the money. Help me out here. Anyway, that is uh, a long intro to give you what is probably the most anticlimactic news story of the week the uh, cruise line decided to give the members the crew members of the cruise ships free wi-fi this is a great pr move since uh, they have probably over a thousand guests on each ship but surprisingly enough only seven crew members on each ship you may have recognized your cabin steward as the comedian hypnotist at the main theater so for purposes of pr it's a great move and they don't have to lose a lot of bandwidth by doing it On World's Ocean Day, Norwegian Cruise Line announced that it has partnered with a company called Ocean Conservancy. Uh, 
Ocean Conservancy, which has a faction within it called Trash Free Seas Alliance. Are you listening, Sony? This is not a place for dessert. Anyway, the plan is to reduce the amount of plastic waste that will go into the ocean. We have a quote from Big Frank, a.k.a. Frank Del Rio, who is the president and CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Well, that's actually the parent company of what is multiple cruise lines. So it's like the Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings is the parent company. Frank says, the success of our business is dependent on the health of the oceans and together with the Oceans Conservancy, Conservancy, we are taking a big step forward in our commitment to protect the world's oceans. He goes on, At Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, we are excited to lead the cruise industry by joining the Trash-Free Seas Alliance and support Ocean Conservancy's vision of a world with waterways, beaches, and oceans free of plastic waste. Trash-Free Seas Alliance was founded in 2012, and its purpose is to bring the leaders of the conservation industry all together kind of in one spot to assemble a forum where any and all ideas could lead to less pollution in the ocean. Uh, They could discuss that at length, however long it needs to take, come up with some plans. They look to take a real-world, pragmatic approach to collaborate and form solutions that will ultimately reduce ocean trash. Norwegian is looking at it this they're looking at this as a tremendous opportunity to bring about some serious change when it comes to keeping garbage out of the water. So, what I'm hearing so far is more of an announcement uh regarding this th- of these two parties coming together and I guess that's a great first step. There's not much in the way right now of details and or setting up specific plans for how this is going to take place, but I'm sure that's going to be in weeks to follow and we will Absolutely. Keep you posted as more details are released. In a related story, straws. That's right. Straws have been a topic on this show a couple of times. And when we last covered the topic, it was revealed that straws on most cruise ships would be only available upon request, where they used to come with every single cocktail. However, Royal Caribbean is doubling down. And they are taking things a step further by, further by announcing that at the end, of, by the end of 2018, plastic straws will be completely eliminated from all of their cruise ships on all all of their lines. That also goes for their brands, which are Celebrity, Azamara, TIU, and Polamonter Cruceros. The straws upon request policy has been effect, in effect for about a year now, and the change to that will be that guests can now request a paper straw. So they're going to have paper straws, but they're not going to necessarily give them to you. Every straw, you're not going to get a straw. But if you want a paper straw, you can request one. I've never drank with a paper straw. At least I don't think I have. What do you guys think about this? Uh, This can be kind of controversial, kind of polarizing, I know, because it's environmental. So environmental sometimes can get political. But I just... I don't know. Royal Caribbean, I feel like, is the cruise line that hasn't always had the best luck with, um, what would you call, sanitization. And uh, doubling down on this, I don't know. Now everybody's mouths are going to be touching all these glasses. I think they better step up their, uh, you know, disinfection systems back there. You know, whatever uh, whatever they have washing the dishes and stuff like that. It's all done by machine anyway. So it's uh, just hopefully we're not going to have to worry about that. Let me know what you guys think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I'd love to know if any of you are on board with this uh, movement to eliminate the plastic straw. Don't think I missed that accidental cruise pun number four just there if you're on board. In addition to the straws, Royal Caribbean has also declared a multi-front war on condiment packaging 
um, bags and a bunch of other stuff, anything plastic they want to try to remove from ships. They have a plan at least to get as close to that as possible by the year 2020. And at the end of that, they're going to take to an aircraft carrier and yell, mission accomplished. <laughs> Funny, right? All right, what else do we have here? I think we have one more news story before we can get into the main topic of the show with Beatrix. Here we are. Singapore. They're about to launch a shore-to-ship delivery service via, guess what, drones. Uh, that's actually pretty cool, no? Uh, Wilhelmsen, how do I pronounce this? Wilhelmsen Ships uh, Service and Airbus will be introducing this new technology and it will be able to deliver basically anything that can be carried within the size and weight limit. I don't know what that exact size and weight limit is, but a said, a a predetermined size and weight limit, like things like documents, uh, water test kits, parts for the ship, medical supplies, and even cash. All these things can be delivered to cruise ships via drone now. This is going to prove to be 90% cheaper than their current method of sending launch boats to the ship, and it will likely prove to be faster and safer as well. This has been years in the making and is the result of a collaboration between Willenhelmsland, Airbus, Singapore Maritime Port Authority, and Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore. There will be a two-week pilot trial where ships are anchored out in the Singapore Eastern Anchorage. Initially, the range is three kilometers from the shoreline. Somebody get on the phone and tell me what this kilometer shit is. I'm kidding. A kilometer, if I'm not mistaken, staking is just over it's somewhere between a half a mile and a mile right maybe a little closer to a half a mile i don't know so that's like almost two miles they're going to set up a second delivery station at an open space in a marina south to extend the coverage uh they should be able to do that with people too no i would think so if you miss the ship no problem we could drone you out to the ship it's got to be two miles within land though and uh that's it if we had that sony would not have had to fly to st kitt's on our last very, very enjoyable Royal Caribbean Freedom of the Seas cruise. That's it for the news, guys. And now, without further ado, let's get into it. Beatrix, my buddy, on her trip to Cuba. And some questions for your boy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Always be booked cruise podcast. And this week... Well, you know, we always talk about cruising, and we dive deep into the cruising, cruise ships, this and that, but then there's other weeks where we kind of talk about things that surround cruising, or maybe sometimes have affiliations with cruising, and that's what we're doing this week, and I want to welcome in my very, very good friend, one of my best friends, Beatrix. Say hi. Hello, everyone. Beatrix, me and Beatrix used to work together, or Beatrix and I, I should say, as we're going to be, you know, we're going to do the right thing here. So, um, she is a... You know, former coworker of mine, now kind of changed industry. She's heavily involved in uh, the field of tennis. She become you've become a real, quite the tennis nut lately, haven't you? Oh my goodness, the last five years complete it, turnaround. Is that is that what it is? Has it been like five years? No, a little bit more than that, maybe eight. Do you remember when you actually had me in on it for a little while? You had me go out and buy that $250 racket? Yeah, where is it, by the way? It's right up there in that little storage closet right up there. That's not where it's supposed to be. No, 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 no. You had me on this tennis thing. You know, I was when I was a little kid, there was like I spent probably about eight months. I'm a big phase guy, and uh, I was really into tennis. I could tell you everybody who was ranked, Boris Becker, Yvonne Lendl, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. I was really into it, and I loved the one-on-one about it. I loved the whole, you know, I mostly played team sports, but 
I love the fact that it's just one-on-one. There's no one else you can blame. And I really got into it for a little while. But uh, And you kind of getting into the tennis revisited that for me. And then I had that thing in my mind where I'm like, you know what? I want to try to – I always battle with staying in shape. Um, I should say trying to stay in shape because I haven't been in shape in a minute. But I always wanted to uh, figure out a way that I could be active and maybe kind of lose weight but do it do something fun. And I, we actually went. Right? You had me taking lessons for a little while, right? Yes, with the crazy instructor, remember? Yeah, that's what happened. I think that might have been what ruined it, didn't it? No, I think me moving to Florida ruined it. Because that's when it all stopped. So you moving to Florida is why I'm not in shape. How do you, does that, does that bother you? Is that <laughs> no, on your conscience at all? that's why you stopped playing tennis. Yeah, exactly. So if, I, if you were still here, I, would, I couldn't believe it too. You would beat me. I don't even know. I know you've been playing longer than me, but I had to figure out, like, I had the basic couple of skills that you needed to know. I learned all the this, the backhand, forehand, uh, you know, to brush it up. I learned it a little bit. And we would go out to the uh, tennis center, right? What's that called out in Queens? The U.S. Open is played Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. Yes, that's what it is. So we would go out there and I would take these lessons from this guy and that was the problem. Like, the guy was intense. And, you know, three or four lessons in, he's telling me we're going to Dominican Republic together to go do relief efforts. And he had this whole plan for me. If I wasn't able to make it, he's like, you know, saying, I'm coming to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up at your apartment. And it got a little intense for me. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a matter of just maybe I didn't have the right instructor. That's a possibility. An instructor can ruin things for you. But for sure, you've done a lot, right? What, this is this is this turns into tennis talk. Yeah, Let me cut let's, this let's move on to yeah. Bruce talk. All right. So, um, well, the reason I have Beatrix in here, not that she's not a cruiser, she has she's probably been on about five or six cruises, but uh, we wanted to. She just recently got back from a Memorial Day weekend in where? How do you say it? Cuba. Cuba. I guess that's what you really that's what you're really supposed to call it. I call it Cuba. Uh, but we'll go with whatever. You can you can feel free to pronounce it however you like. So we are um, we're here to find out because I know Cuba has been recently. We know the uh, I guess for all intensive purposes the embargo has been lifted on Cuba. Now there are some restrictions right now. Can you talk about that? There's a little bit. You can't just go there and show up. There's some paperwork. There are still some legalities that you have to kind of go through right when visiting Cuba. I flew. I didn't cruise this time. Right. But basically what it comes down to, there is a questionnaire when you're uh, buying your airplane ticket or you're looking to enter Cuba and you have to explain what are your plans in Cuba. So what I decided to choose is a people to people, quote unquote, interaction. Yes. And uh, where you are helping people in Cuba, you're visiting people in Cuba, you're helping their businesses in Cuba. That is a way to get there you can also have educational trips or educational purposes you have a list of like six or 12 things you can choose from i'm not entirely sure okay so there's like you like there is some sort of a technique it sounds like what it is it's technicality people most people probably a lot of people want to do they're interested in the people to people they're interested in the relief effort whatever it is the um you know the education part of it but a lot of people just want to go to cuba and then they figure out a way to do it, and then you have to sign up for one of these things. And that people to people, uh, I've never been to Cuba. A lot of the listeners have. I have not. But if you have cruised to Cuba, you've probably heard that term. And uh, that's, I believe, that's the avenue they go when it when it pertains to cruising. 
Yes, and you're really only asked once that question. No one's bothering you when you enter Cuba. Nobody's going to ask you about it while you're there. It's just paperwork, really. So it's not like Rocky Four where they assign two communists to you and chase you around and no. follow you and make sure that you're, you know, be mm. a, pledging allegiance to Castro or anything like that? No, you're totally fine as a tourist. Okay, cool. So you're left to do your own thing. So uh, what made you decide? Had you been there before? Never. You'd never. This was your first time in Cuba. It's been on my list, though, for a very long time. Now, if you don't mind, uh, we didn't talk about this, but just to give you a little bit of a reference, because you know what I mean? There's Americans out there who just love to go on vacations, uh, and they've been in America their whole life, and all they know is, you know, whether it's the South, whether it's California, New York, this and that, and all the freedoms and amenities that we kind of have always grown up with, which you do now. Uh, But I guess just to get a, uh, I guess, a perspective of what eyes Beatrix saw Cuba from. You were not originally from the United States. No, I'm from Eastern Europe. Right. So um, do you think that, how did that, do you think, affect your, I guess, because you're an an American as it gets now. You're just, you know. I'm a proud American Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but having that perspective, most people in America, a lot of people in America, I think I think the people who listen to this podcast, their perspective is only America. You have the luxury of coming from somewhere else. How do you think your early life in Eastern, you said Eastern? Eastern Europe. Eastern yeah. European. Um, how did it affect your trip to Cuba and the way you looked at it and perceived it? I kind of knew what I'm going to see. Basically, Cuba is exactly the same as Hungary slash Romania was when I grew up. And I went back in time 40 years or 35 years and I saw exactly the same conditions and the same type of living situation and cars and people um, like my childhood, basically. You hear that a lot when people talk about going to Cuba. It's like you step back in time. So you're saying uh, a lot of the things that we maybe as Americans take take for granted – are not there at this point, right? Absolutely. I think a lot of Americans who are used to luxury or used to your American lifestyle will be shocked. It will be a culture shock when you go to Cuba. You're going to see poor, but happy people. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, to me, that that kind of brings a smile to my face. It's kind of refreshing to, you know, like I said, I didn't necessarily grow up as 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 a rich person or anything like, uh, you know, having all these kind of like luxuries or anything like that. And, you know, there were times, some times were tougher than others. I'm not saying at any question I was like poor or on these people level, but I do can relate. I can relate by saying a lot of those times I was, I'm very proud that I came from that. And I was like a little bit of like, uh, you know, they say money doesn't make you happy. And you can kind of attest to that because struggles kind of develop who you are. Now, Going back to your trip, um, I guess it sounds like everybody or anybody that does go to Cuba should probably, and you've been to the Caribbean, correct, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, so they should probably not expect the exact same uh, carbon copy, cookie cutter, made for luxury, or not luxury, but just catered to the American traveler experience, right? Correct. What What are some of the differences? The first thing, I flew. So it takes a 
45 minute flight from Fort Lauderdale to Cuba and you are stepping back 40, 50 years, just like you said earlier, first thing you are really hit with is the airport. As you get out of the airplane, the dark airport for the luggages to come out, sometimes it takes two hours, they say. Everything is done by hand. You mean dark? It's just not, there's not well lit, you mean? No, not well lit. And then, um, there is a dark it's a dark airport there are tons of people waiting for their tons of luggage because people bring things from the united states their families in cuba in bulk and uh, all these shrink wrap packages are coming out on a conveyor belt which is basically done by a bunch of people and it's all manual labor there are there is no luxurious airports like we have in the united states so that's the first thing that you get hit with and then the actual people there who are going to approach you, trying to try to get you a taxi or trying to help you with your luggage. Everybody's, everybody's trying to make money off of the tourists that are getting off the airplane. So you said that was interesting to me, the shrink wrap. Uh, it's basically that what that tells me is that people are packing things carefully to it, it, with the intent of kind of whatever amenities or whatever, whatever things in our life that devices or whatever that we've become accustomed to they're trying to get them into cuba at a high rate because like something simpler simple like that we use every day would probably be life-changing changing to them right i've seen tvs in those luggages i've seen like electronics and what i found out later from my tour guide is that there you have to sign up to get a flat screen tv and at times it takes eight to ten months by the government by the time the government is going to give you that tv of course for money not for free and then it's worth to them to come to the united states get that tv pay customs for it on the way back but they can have tv instantly uh, so things like this are really interesting. The tour guide told me a bunch of things that they're just simply not available in Cuba, and they're trying to get them from here. That's amazing. It's just you have to you have to take a step back. And again, Beatrix, coming from the first part of her life, already has a little bit of a, I guess, a, a capacity to kind of handle this stuff and she's seen it live you know and she's even shocked and kind of like i guess it seems like you're you were even thrown back uh, taken aback by some of the things that imagine us who just know only this all our lives from day one we'd probably go there like i think there's in america there's just become some level of expectation ex- expectation like around every corner there's certain things you know you know you're going to have a wi-fi signal if you go into a bathroom in a restaurant and uh you know there's they're out of hand soap or something like that you there's someone to complain to you and then there's someone that will ha- hands and knees apologize to you Oh my goodness! You know what I mean? Like th- these are things that we've come to expect. You go to Cuba; it sounds like a lot of these things you probably just shouldn't be so. You know, if it's there, great. A lot of times it is, but if it's not, you're not going to get the same level of sympathy, will you? No, in Havana, don't expect hand towels, uh, toilet paper in a lot of public areas. No Wi-Fi. Uh, apparently, there's a square right by. Um, the Floridian, the bar where Hemingway used to hang out, it's the only place in Cuba, I mean in Havana, where they have Wi-Fi. So if people are lucky enough to have a cell phone, that's way, that's where they all congregate and gather to get some kind of weak Wi-Fi signal. Well, so you're saying even cell phones are kind of scarce? Oh, absolutely. No, people don't have cell phones. It's not common at all. 
at all. Now, if you stay at a luxury hotel or if you stay on your cruise ship, you will have access to Wi-Fi. It is available. But the average Cuban is not going to have a cell phone and Wi-Fi and be used to in the Internet or any kind of TV channels that are outside of Cuba. All right. So for most tourists and cruisers, we're kind of painting a little bit of a doom and gloom picture. But uh, from, that's the beauty of it. though. Yeah. But also from kind of, kind of like talking to you. And yes, that is the beauty part of it. But again, we got to <laughs> keep it realistic. It sounds like there's two separate Cuba experiences. To me, it sounds like you can go to Cuba. And if you just do it natural, like a regular Cuban would, or, or if you want to just get a regular hotel and kind of just, you know, do your thing, you're going to experience that and you're going to live like that. And you're going to have to kind of deal with it. Um, it also sounds like there's another side of it, and I think that's kind of a little bit more of the way you elected to go, which was, you know what, I'm not going to, it's not even about being snobbish, it's like, listen, I know what I'm used to, I know what I kind of need to feel comfortable on a day-to-day basis, and that's not just about comfort in terms of just being like, you know what, I need this because I'm a princess, it's also comfort because of like a safety issue, you want to stay connected, you want to feel like certain people are just a phone call away if you need to be, because you've never been here, you're not experienced, so I get that, so it also sounds like there is, you can elect for uh, clearly at a little bit of a different price, um, there's a different Cuba experience you can have, right? Absolutely. And yes, I am a little bit of a princess and I opted for a really nice hotel with the thought that at least when I go home at night after sightseeing all day, I do want to have a clean towel, a nice bed, uh, a perfectly laid out breakfast in the morning. However, I do regret it a little bit because after reading up on it and being there, they encourage you to stay at so-called quote-unquote Casa Particular, which Casa Particular... Can you say it again one more time? Casa Particular. Damn. Which uh, are a type of bed and breakfast, and they're local people who invite you in their home, perfectly legit and legal and fine. And you get to experience the real Cuban family, where they will give you breakfast, they will give you lunch, they will give you dinner, they will guide you through the city. And in this case, you're actually helping a Cuban family, and they need our money. And who, wait, so you're paying them. So you're paying them. So in my case, because I went to a hotel, my money went to the Cuban government. And apparently the people of Cuba are not really going to see a whole lot of that. So reflecting back, I think it would have been a better decision to go with the Casa Particular option. But um, that's for next time. I Because um, there will be next time. I kind of disagree with you on that. You do? You want to go back to your cruise ship and be comfortable? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, I don't know. Well, yeah. Listen, what do you call it what you want? Just going to Cuba and I wouldn't even do, I wouldn't do that in Arkansas. I wouldn't pay a family to live in Arkansas, let alone a foreign country. They probably barely have running water. Their water's probably brown. And I'm not trying to be uh, a snob here. You got to tread lightly when you talk like this, but we're just being honest. You just, you know, uh, there's certain basics and I am not high maintenance. You're probably way more high maintenance than me. Um, Without a doubt. So I'm just saying there's certain things that I probably am going to want to have. Like you said, I'm going to, I run hot. So I'm going to need a decent AC. I'm going to need, you know, toilet paper, definitely. Uh, I'm going to need, you know, like you said, clean towels. You know, these are things I'm going to need a signal. You know, I'm going to have to communicate. But uh, it seems like, you know, do you think you'd be able to handle that? You think you'd do all right with it? For two days, yes. (laughs) 
that's the key right there right two days so all of this is kind of like bringing me you know in a circle back to cruising because it seems like to me the cruise ship might be the probably perfect way to experience cuba in a, in a certain way now i would say you probably should you know do an overnight or two but uh if you want to experience cuba you know at least for the first time having a cruise ship it's 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 a great combination of economical convenient and you know you could still have the little bit of the best of both worlds right i completely agree i think that's the way to go so you want to do a cuba i'll cruise? do a cruise i'll do, do a cuba like, cruise like i'll some, go back around thanksgiving maybe done yeah yeah all right well look we'll look we'll look, we'll look at uh, some of those um what else so what else did you do so specifically your experience when you were there uh, can you walk us through your first, like, uh, when you first got in, you got your luggage, you walked outside, okay, you took a deep breath of fresh air, <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is Cuba. What were your first thoughts? Yes, I said it probably 10 times throughout the couple of days that I was there. Um, I can't believe I'm here. It was an unbelievable experience. So as I got out of the hotel, I did a lot of research before, so I had an idea of what to do or where to go. Um, I needed Cuban money, which is Cook. It's called C-U-C. Oh, so you can't, so they won't accept American dollars? Uh, the taxi drivers may, and if you tip, they love your American dollars. But the conversion rate is, I think, 10% for American dollars. So during my preparation, I read a lot about it, that it's better if you take euros with you. So I converted my American dollars into euros here in the United States, and I went with euros in my pocket. And then the euro, you have to take the euros and make them into cook? Correct. Okay. So at the airport, there were some automated little kiosks where you can convert money. No ripoff, no nothing. Completely legit. And then um, I was also advised to take a yellow cab into the city center. So don't take, don't go with the people who are walking up to you wanting to sell you a, a few hours on however many dollars or cooks. Go with the yellow cab. It's completely safe. And you're talking about from the airport into Havana? The city center. It's okay. about 25 minutes or so. Okay. So we did take a yellow cab. And uh, our hotel was in the city center, so we were lucky enough to be able to check into our hotel early in the day, like 10.30 in the morning we were there, and uh, chilled out a little bit, unpacked, and um, because our city was in old Havana, we were able to just walk down the stairs and step right out in the middle of it all and we just basically walked around all day uh the concierge recommended us a really good place for lunch we experienced uh just walking through these narrow cobblestone streets and hear like cuban music come out from the bars and see people dance on the streets cigar smoke here and there uh mojitos everywhere and of course you can spot the tourists so you are kind of mingling with the locals but you know who's a tourist you see who's a tourist Mm -hmm. and uh it's perfectly safe uh crime rate in in cuba is very very low so i haven't felt unsafe for one second while i was there there are no guns there's no gun violence and um i was told that even pickpockets and um anything that can potentially be a threat anywhere else in the world it's really not in cuba and you're perfectly fine to walk around at night during the day 
No one's really going to bother you. Which is kind of like a miracle in itself. It's, it just speaks to something. There's something to that. And, I, you know, it's for greater minds to, than me to figure out. But, you know, you have the perfect re- recipe for there to be a lot of crime, it seems like. You know what I mean? You have a very, very poor country, uh, seemingly you know, politically, you can make whatever decision you want. A seemingly very repressed community. Uh, yet, this new thing, it's like a kid in a candy store. I'm sure within the last couple of years, all these uh, American tourists have, they, they must have seen a difference. Now, do you, could you, could did you talk to anybody or you could tell since like this embargo has been lifted, has there been like, from their perspective, was it like a noticeable difference of, a more volume of tourists and B American tourists. Could you get gauge that at all or no? No, but I've seen people from all over the world. I've I've heard German words. I've heard French words. I think people are visiting from all over the world. In fact, at the airport, I was surprised to see how many inbound and outbound flights are from all over the world. Okay, international. So, everyone. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I would just make sense. That makes sense too, though, I guess. If they're used to taking in tourists all the time, uh, just not American tourists. I don't know. It's just we're, we're a little bit different. If you talk to the cruise ship crew members, you know what I mean? The American passenger, you know, and I guess if you go to France or whatever, we're not always the most popular bunch when we enter a country, I guess. We kind of, I don't want to use the word entitlement, but I think we kind of feel like, you know, we just... We're, it's just what we're accustomed to. We're just accustomed to kind of pulling out a couple of dollars from our wallet and having people just respond how we want it. So what I, my point was is that it's crazy that all these tourist American dollars are heading in there. And out of nowhere, you know, these people are experiencing this and the desperation that is there, you would think it might be a good recipe for a lot of crime to happen. It must like if there's any, let's just say, enterprising young criminals, they're like, oh, this is like a new, I guess, uh, you know, a whole blank slate of crime you can do. But it also sounds like what you were saying before. Um, these people, it's like they're poor, but they almost don't know they're poor. Yeah, of- they don't know any better. They never leave the country. They don't have international TV. They have no idea. They're just happy and as happy as they can be. I have to tell you that I travel enough. I don't want to say a lot, but... You travel a good amount, more than the average person. I've been to a lot of places, and I have never felt safer anywhere in the world. So I can go to London, I can go to Nice, I can go to Melbourne, I can go anywhere in the world, and this was the safest I've felt anywhere. Is that true? I swear. No lie. Wow, that is one heck of a statement right there. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. That's a, that's amazing. Have you been to other? Now, I, I kind of separate the Caribbean into different avenues. You have the kind of like island side, Jamaican side, which, but then you have the Latin side too. Have you been to any of the other Latin places like uh, San Juan or anything like that? Or no, not that many. I haven't been to San Juan. I've been to a couple of Caribbean islands. I've been to Mexico. Okay, and uh, I do have an idea. Yeah, but um, and again, I can only speak for Havana because I've only visited Havana. I didn't really venture out. I didn't have enough time, so I don't know what goes on in other smaller villages or cities or uh, places in Cuba. I can only speak for Havana, but I'm telling you, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Okay, so. Let let me bring up my buddy, uh, Matt. Matt and his wife, Thelma, my new buddy. I booked them on a Cuba cruise. And uh, I'm excited for them, and I'm excited to hear how the trip goes. I know they're excited to go on the trip. And um, I guess, you know, again, cruising is different than land-based. But I think I believe they do have 36 full hours and a couple of overnights there. So 
I think you know his his thing was uh, he wants to kind of split it up into two kind of factions. Maybe the first day, really kind of taking a, a a tour, like have it be kind of completely guided, and then maybe the second day, um, do something on his own, whether it's rent a car or walk around or whatever it is. Can you, you know, for my friend, for my friends Matt and Thelma, can you maybe, from your perspective, from what you saw, you know, and maybe you didn't even do it perfectly right, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of say, you know what, next time I want to do that, or next time I, I, I should have done that, or whatever. Can you maybe, uh, if, or for anybody who's going to Cuba or plans to go to Cuba, can you kind of maybe, if you have forty-eight hours in Cuba, can you kind of break down some of the things that are definitely can't misses? Yes, definitely. Uh, This is what I should have done. Uh, I went on a walking tour on day two. I would put this on day one because during this walking tour, you'll see exactly where you want to go back on day two or day three. So I reverse it. There's a reason for it, but I don't want to get into it right now. And I took this walking tour, which is a 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. tour. It's not too much walking. It's perfectly fine and it's spaced out. Um, And I took it with this company called, can I give a shout out to this company? Yes, absolutely. It's called Locally Sourced. Locally sourced. Yeah, locally sourced Havana. And you can Google them and you'll find them. It was great. So we met at 9 in the morning and we walked around for about three hours. Um, They took us to all the the main sites in old Havana and a couple of piazzas. So Matt, you're going in August. You're going to want to hydrate for this one. Oh, yes. And and then around 12 o'clock, we had... um, 25 minute convertible car ride included so that's included this was actually 90 dollars. this nine to four trip so you get into a convertible they're gonna drive you around a little bit and they will drop you off at a place where you get to have lunch lunch is included it's a local restaurant and then after that you're gonna walk to the national hotel you're gonna get a cocktail there as well which is also included you get to sit in the garden of the national hotel right on the water it's absolutely beautiful. And this is what I would recommend for day one for everybody. And this way you get a, a right. nice little r- overview. Of Overall knowledge and working knowledge of the area. Exactly. How was the guy? The guy's friendly? Oh, really nice. His name was Jaspa. And uh, I actually do have his email. And extremely helpful local guy. And uh, I can highly recommend this company and him. You they can ask amazing. questions along the way and yep. everything. Interactive, you know. Yeah, he sits with you at lunch. You can ask all your questions about his upbringing, his family, how they live. Has he ever gotten out of Cuba? Like just just like a local perspective. So absolutely, I recommend this on day one because this is the way to go. So interesting. Getting back to just the uh, lifestyle and the happiness and how happy they are. You know, I think you probably saw a lot of it, but then... It's hard to explain, you know, I don't know. I would add, that would be my question to Jasper. Like, you seem happy. You seem like you enjoy it here. But then, like, every several times a year, you, you know, these rafts will come up on Miami or, or Key West and people are dying to get out of there. What do you think it is? Do you think they're just trying to reconnect with family or what is that about? It's funny you ask. I don't think they're dying to get out of there. I well, really they're, don't. They're navigating their way through shark-infested waters on 
floating devices. Okay, you're right. But maybe this particular guy who I ran into, he it, he didn't seem like he's dying to get out of there. He could if he wanted to, and he yeah. seemed perfectly happy having his family there and growing up there and staying there. So, yes, I'm sure there are people who are looking to get out of everywhere. I wanted to get out of Eastern Europe, therefore yeah. I'm here. But... Uh, but generally speaking, I don't think everyone's dying to get that out That makes of sense. It's like if you had, well, clearly, you know, if you're a left-handed pitcher, you definitely want to try to find your way out of there um, or, or, you know, with with any real, real talent. Or if you just have some sort of aspirations or if you're not making it or you just see a lot of the, you know, the dreamers probably want to do that. But then there's all that faction of people who are just very content. And you know what? It's like almost like it's almost like the rural south. Or or west or people who like kind of live in more uh, rural farming areas and stuff like that. It's just the old thing in country music too. Like, listen, man, I don't give a damn what goes on outside on the other side of that fence. You know what I mean? It's just I'm happy. Well, that makes sense. All right. So, what about? Oh, what do you want to say? You just mentioned the word pitcher, and I just want to mention real quick. Uh, baseball has a huge following in yep. Cuba. So, if you're into baseball, go and watch a baseball game. It's huge, it's as big as soccer in Europe. So, if you are into baseball, make a point to to go to a baseball game. Or boxing has also a huge, huge following there. They have boxing gyms that are open to tourists, so you can take an hour lesson if you'd like to, which is, again, very interesting. These are their sports, boxing and baseball. And, you know, they're pretty talented musically, too, Mr. 305. <laughs> That's right. You know. That's right. Um all right, so that's the first day. So you say definitely, at least on the first day, get yourself a tour. It'll be enjoyable. You'll you'll enjoy the sights. You'll be able to interact with the with the tour guide, and you know maybe some meet some friends while you're walking around and other tourists. And then the next day, if you want to kind of explore on your own, would you have any advice for someone who'd want to do that? Just go back to places that caught your eyes during this tour. For instance, we went back to um, to the main square where we wanted to have a called a so-called cafe bonbon. It's amazing. It's a coffee drink, and if you ever go there, sounds, ask sounds for French. It. Cafe bonbon. Bonbon. B o m b o n. Oh, bum bum. N B O M B O N Bonbon Bombo first an M and then it's an N Correct Bonbon Yes It's amazing I don't know what they put in there I actually do I, I But I'm heroin? not going to tell you dude. Is it heroin? It looks so good And really? it tastes so good Their coffee culture is unbelievable That too You hear Cuban coffee oh all the time Oh my goodness Now you're not much of a carnivore uh, You yourself But nah. I'm going to tell you something I love That's the thing You hear about like Oh the food there You can't get good food there I'm like, well, that's ironic because Cuban food in America is delectable. I love a Cuban sandwich. I love a media noche. I love the croquettes, the plantains. I love all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, you're not as much. You're a foodie, but not as much. Uh, you know, Cuba Cuban food is definitely based around cured meat and, and a lot of a lot of meat and salted meats and stuff like that. That's not your thing, huh? No, I'm more like uh, have appreciation for coffee, for desserts, for ice cream. That makes churros, sense. Churros, street churros. Across the street from the Chocolate Museum, mm -hmm. there is a churro stand where they make the churros right then and there in front of your eyes. Get it. It's Oof. so good. Right up my alley. Yeah. Now, I heard a lot of 
um, people, and you may not have this answer, so if you don't, that's fine. But I, the one thing I do hear about, and I think I see in a lot of the excursions, you know, so much is made of the culture down there where, you know, cars that are in America that are just like these sought-after 1950s models and stuff like that are pretty much run-of-the-mill down there. But there's also, like, excursions that are kind of based around that and kind of, you know, taking tours of these cars and seeing the cars. Have you experienced, what was your affiliation or relation to, I guess, the automobiles down there? We got into two of them. One was included in the trip, as I mentioned earlier, about 25-minute ride. Um, That was a convertible, 1950s convertible. And then at the end of the day, because we liked it so much, we rented one with a driver, a 1950s convertible uh, Cadillac, pink you one. You rented one with it, and it comes with a driver? It comes with the driver, That's yes. That's awesome. And uh, it was a 1950s pink Cadillac. You are such a princess. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's what that's what the real Cuba is. But um, it was fun. So ba- we basically asked him to just drive us around a little bit and enjoyed sitting in a convertible. So but drivers do. Yeah, drivers have been known to do that. Yep, they, they drive. drove. Yep, he drove us around. He gave us a, little, a few pointers about the city where he took us. And uh, you can do that. You can do that for an hour. You can do that for two. You can rent the car and the driver for the whole day if you want to. And uh, even though for us it's, it's interesting to drive in one of those cars, mm-hmm. for them it's ca- quite normal. Cars there are all 1950s, 60s, 70s cars. Polskis and Ladas and Moskvich, all these Eastern European cars and the American convertibles from the 50s. So I was thinking you would, I was thinking that you'd probably have to be, you'd have to develop a good skill of, uh, you'd have to be pretty mechanically inclined from an early age. To be able to keep these cars running, probably right, because I mean, you don't want to be spending. You could spend a lot of money bringing them to the shop every every couple of months, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so sounds like in a, to wrap that up. It sounds like what you want to do is first day. A, it's two phase enjoyment, enjoy yourself, but also data collect. Walk around and take notices of things that you might want to see, places you may want to return to the following day. And then the following day, maybe just go out and experience it on your own. Now, you mentioned to me the- Cigar factory, super important. We couldn't make that. It was closed the day we were there, but uh, it was on our agenda and I will go back if I ever go back. So cigar factory must do in Havana. See, that's what it is, man. It's, It's so good that this port is open now because there's so many things to Cuba. It has always been this land of mystery, but then you notice it has these things that it has. So many things are attached to it. It is just, I mean, probably, do you know any Cubans who don't smoke cigars? I mean, it's almost like part of the culture right oh absolutely i've seen old ladies on the street smoking cigars it's amazing and they probably know how to roll them fortune tell oh yeah 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 um and then uh, okay so uh as far as that goes and just talking about cuba if anybody is thinking about going to cuba um i do think there's some valuable things to keep in mind i think you probably have to not th- not look at it as like you're going to St. Thomas or San Juan or you have to have a different mindset if you're going to go here. So you did, you know, kind of like talk about the things that you probably should watch out for in terms of like things that may not be available to you that you might be used to. But overall, you found the experience something that you absolutely loved and you do again. Yes. Keep an open mind. And if you have any desire to go, go. You will not regret it. 
Really? Yes. You just have to go in with an open mind. Any any last minute tips or any general tips that we didn't cover regarding any cruisers who may want to spend a couple of days in Cuba? I can't think of it right now, but if anybody has any questions, uh, always be booked cruisers lounge. I am there quite often and I will answer your questions if you need tips or you need the company name who I toured with or the hotel name where I stayed at. I'll be happy to assist. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, definitely use that resource. Beatrix definitely spend a couple of days there. You've probably heard me uh, shout Beatrix out and uh, I guess we've we've covered a lot. You're on your way to Paris, aren't you? I am. I got to leave for the airport in like 15 minutes. So we got plenty of time. Um, this is interesting too and I want to share this. Beatrix, I asked her to do this maybe like two or three days ago and she was very apprehensive. She was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I'll be nervous. I don't know. I hate my voice. Everybody hates their voice. My when accent. You, your accent. Your, first of all, your accent's fine. Um, so she was very apprehensive and then she was like, slowly was like, well, we'll think about it. And then it became, think about it, became, uh, okay, maybe I'll do it, but then I want to hear it and I want to approve of it and take out anything. <laughs> I don't like the way it sounds. It's an act. So then, so then she goes to sleep last night. We wake up and we're going to have uh, coffee and breakfast, and uh, we know we're going to do this and we're going to try it. And she's nervous. And then she goes, "But uh, I last night while I was going to bed, I I thought of twenty five questions I'm going to ask you." I'm like, "What?" I'm like yeah. you kind of you kind of like came full circle really quick. You first you were like, "I'm scared about this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this." And then I was like. You know what? I'm actually going to take over your show and throw a couple of questions at you. So she told me, you said, what are they? They're qu- they're fast. They're I like have like quick rap- hit- rapid fire questions. Quick hitters? Like yeah, it's one like word this or them? that. Yeah, so, so. this or that. Okay. No oh, thinking. Oh, like one, I got to choose multiple choice one or the other. Yes. Okay. No time to think. So now I'm nervous. Oh, stop it. They're so easy. When the hell did you have time to do this? Last night before I went to bed. You were exhausted. We were, She got in late. Her flight was uh, detoured about an hour and a half to avoid a storm, right? Yeah, from Florida to New York. Yeah, and you're usually like, you're just like me, right? No, opposite of me. She's usually in bed by like nine. Correct. And up by like six or seven. Yep. So you show up to Wahlburgers, have a burger, we come home. You talk about how exhausted you are. It's one thirty in the morning. I go to bed and then you're, you're, uh, you're, you're on your cell phone coming up with questions? Yeah, I put together 25 questions for you. <laughs> This is funny. And I guess this is cool because uh, aside from being a, a really, really good friend of mine, Beatrix uh, has been a re- has been as big of a supporter of this podcast as anybody. And she's always been, you know, very, very encouraging towards me. So I, I appreciate that, too. I love the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes the emails. You the like longer, the, e- the better. Yeah. Helps me with my commute and to support a friend. Obviously, there's nothing better than that. Thank you. Are thank you ready you. for your questions? I guess so. All right. All right. So no time to think. Answer them as I go. This or that. Okay. Ready? Yep. Norwegian or carnival? <gasps> no time to think. That's not fair. Pick one. Norwegian. Eastern Caribbean or Western Caribbean? Eastern. Five-day Caribbean cruise or 15-day Alaska cruise? <gasps> These are good. Five-day Caribbean. Wow. Small ship or big ship? Big ship. 6 p.m. dining or 9 p.m. dining? 9 p.m. Theater show or aft sunset? Aft sunset, come on. Dress up for formal night or don't don't care? Dress up. Tender. I mean, I mean dress up once, not, not every night. <laughs> Tender or dock? Dock. Organize shore excursion or explore on your own? I can't, I can't, I gotta just answer one or the other, right? Yep. 
organized. Wow, I would choose the other one. But I mean, I, I'm going to break the rule. But yes, uh, at the right port that you know what you can do, yeah, do on your own. But if it's just randomly and I got to do something, I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing, I'm going, I'm going to go organized. All right, number 10, Margaritaville or Sloppy Joe's? Margaritaville. Rum cocktail or tequila? Rum cocktail. M- moped or four-wheeler? That's a low blow. <laughs> from now on, from now on, four-wheeler. Johnny you, asked Ro- me that, you asked me that a month ago, I would have said moped. Johnny Rockets or Guy's Burger? Guy's, not even close. Casino all night or Hot Pockets at the bar all night? Wait, you don't mean the, the microwavables? Nope. No. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. Casino. Well, depends on how the casino is no, going. No, it depends. This or that. Pockets. Ooh. Master drill or New York City emergency vehicle sirens during podcast? Oh, I'll take the emergency vehicles all day. <laughs> uh, party till 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. shore excursion? Oh. Part of the 4 a.m. Wow. You're going to like the next one. Peer run or watch peer runners? Peer run. Painting class or suntan for two hours? You hate <laughs> them both. <laughs> no, I, I love them both. Not two hours, I guess. Um, if you said an hour, it would be the suntan. But since you didn't, you said two hours, it's the painting class. Oh, wow. With the with the weirdo gentleman next to you? Oh, the guy telling me about the conspiracy theories? Yes. Uh, that, that he's, he's in? No, I'm going back to the sun. Okay, good. Uh, swim with stingrays or zipline? Zipline. Oh, you're brave now, all of a sudden. <laughs> brave? I don't know if you trust those things. Florida sail, sail away or New York City sail away? Oof. Oh, start spreading the news. The Big Apple. Wow, nice. Uh, first on the tender, last on the tender? Last. St. Thomas Badass Coffee or Fish Dip at 15th Street Fishery in Fort Lauderdale? <gasps> oh, what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> St. Thomas Badass Coffee. Wow. Belly flop contest for or one reason. For part- one reason, because it's in St. Thomas. Okay. But go ahead. Fine. Belly flop contest or quest participation for you? Quest. Agreed. I've done the quest. I liked it. Atl- Atlantis in the Bahamas or explore the island? Is this another low blow? No. <laughs> uh, explore the island. Agreed. One hundred percent. What number are we on? Uh, last one's coming. Last one's coming? Uh-huh. All right. How many more do you want? These are fun. These are actually very good. I'm surprised you actually was able to do this like like while you were passing out going to sleep. <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. Number 25. Panama Crossing or Transatlantic Cruise? Woo! These are really good. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Panama... I'm going to go Panama Canal. Okay. Respect. Now, I'm going to go back on on one of them. Okay. Which one? At the end. The first one. You went... Car- you, oh, Norwegian or Carnival? You pitted me against Carnival with Norwegian. And 
I can't. There's really no answer to that, but I'm not going to not play the game fair. So I had to answer. And the only reason I said Norwegian is because of the um, the unlimited drinks on the on the drink package and the sale away. I've been very, very critical of Norwegian because they do nickel and dime the crap out of you. Um, and I just think Norwegian has become, if you would have asked me that five years ago, well, even three years ago, I would have said Carnival, definitely, because of the aft pool, because of just, you know, I thought they were maybe leading the charge with adult fun. I think Carnival, which I still love, and that's the next cruise I'm going on, uh, and it, might, it may change. This could You ask me this now. It could change in a year from now. It could change after this next sailing. But I love the aft pool. I love the comedy, and I love the steak. Um, but I feel like Norwegian, for me personally, has gone a little bit more of a direction of adult fun with the late-night parties and stuff like that. That's why you're forcing me to say Norwegian. But like I always do say, you can't really compare cruise lines because it's like, if you, okay, you're going to ask me the Carnival Horizon or the Norwegian Sky? I'm going to go to Carnival Horizon every time. Um, but that was kind of fun. That you was liked cool. it? Yeah. All right. Next time I'm here, I'll have another 25 for you. That was pr- I was pretty impressive. Guys, what do you guys think? Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. She just shot 25 questions at me. I bet a lot of people think that I fed you those. No, I came up with these on my own. I swear I didn't show it to him. I think people might think that I just like, let's do a segment. You ask me this. No, but this is honest and he didn't see it. And I did not see it. This is the first time he heard it. A hundred percent, but whatever. Um, let, let us know what you think of those. Like, listen back. And uh, if I if you disagree with me or if you have feel strongly on any of those uh, questions, those great questions Beatrix asked, um, the, any of the 25 uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or just give a shout out on the Facebook group Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook or 323 Getaway 323 Getaway we still don't have anybody who has sent a uh, voicemail it's 323 Getaway call up and I'm telling you you will be on the show well if you conduct yourself like a semi-human being you will if you you know <laughs> if you're recording an infomercial, you may not get on or, you know, anything else crazy. But um, Beatrix, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I'm we'll very, do this again. Definitely, hopefully. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you're a little more comfortable with it now. You're not, you'll you be back, Yeah, right? I'm good. I'm okay. good. Just wait till I hear the actual show on air and I'll be like, oh, my God, take that down. No, you're going to be fine. And um, you're all, you are off to Paris. You're going to give me some uh, good pictures and stuff like that? Yep. I ha- I'll have pictures from Paris. I'll have pictures from Copenhagen. I'll have pictures from Hungary. I am off. Wow. So no way. Good for you. That's going to be a great trip for you, and we're all excited to hear about it. And uh, it was great having you, and it was great seeing you, Beatrix. Thank you. Now help me hail a, hail a cab here. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> ciao, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. 
Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. All right, and we're back. Thank you again so much to Beatrix. Beatrix for the contribution to the show. That was phenomenal and so much fun. All right, let's get into your favorite part of the program, the listener emails. Your chance to step up and be heard on the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, there is a new feature, 323 Getaway. 323 Getaway. And let your voice be heard on the show. All right, here we go. Hi, Tommy. I recently discovered your podcast, and it's so fun to listen to and makes me smile. I think I remember you mentioning that you work at a bar in New York City. Next week, I'll be in NYC with a friend for a couple of days. I was thinking about stopping by to say hi. If it works schedule-wise, is this something you're okay with? If so, where and when would you be next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? Keep you, Keep being you. That's the fun of the podcast. Best, Debbie. Debbie, what's up? How you doing? So you're going to be in New York City. Let me know what you're going to do. Let me know if you need any help. Uh, yeah, I would definitely be okay with that. Absolutely. I'll uh, hit you up back and I'll uh, let you know where uh, and what time and when I'll be there and stuff like that. And hopefully if the schedule works out, we can, uh, you know, maybe get you a burger or something like that. And uh, have a good time. So that's it. Uh, I guess that's all you had, Debbie. Debbie, I see is a life coach. Debbie, I'm having, <laughs> as you heard early in the beginning in the intro, we're hitting a wall here. Maybe I can uh, take up your services and, uh, you know, maybe coach my life a little bit. Could you always use that a little bit, huh? All right. By the way, Life Coach, talking about that in general, just going back to that for a second, I talked about and touched on the Patreon account for a second. Where we are with that is if you go to patreon.com and search Always Be Booked, you will see the show, and you see there is an ability for you to donate. You could donate $1, you could donate $2, whatever it is. Um Now, if you donate $5 and sign up for $5 a month, uh, what you're going to get from that right now. Now, there'll be other stuff, but right now, from what it is, I'm going to add a show a week. We said this before. We're going to step up our game a little bit for the next couple of months, and you will have more content. So I'm going to record two shows per week. One show is going to be just like the one you're listening to, and really so is the other one pretty much for the most part, but it may not always have cruise news or emails. It'll be off the cuff. It'll be kind of some uh, different uh, stream of consciousness. It'll be maybe some interviews. That's where we'll put some interviews. But And yeah, so if there's late-breaking, really big cruise news that comes out, we'll touch on that as well. I mean, it's going to be basically the same thing. It's it's just this one, this show, the, the paid show, if you want to call it a paid show, it's not even that. It's basically, if you donate five dollars to the patreon account on always be booked you will have access to two shows per week and whatever you want to count that as you know what i mean yes there's one free show a week but again we're talking about supporting and you do not have to if you're not inclined if you're happy with the one show a week 
absolutely do not hesitate to just not subscribe. But it's also, like I said, helping the show out. I do have, like I said, a couple of big, large bills. At least for me, they're big and large as far as uh, upcoming, as far as having to renew my bandwidth and renew my subscription with my host site and things like that. And uh, as we're uh, slowly, you know, drifting into the uh, professional abyss on the other end of it the career side of it you know everything will help so if you like the show if you want to hear more of the show five dollars will get you or if you want to just donate a dollar you just get the one show and hopefully you enjoy that and that's that'll be what it is and you'll just you'll not necessarily have to spend the whole five but you also spend a dollar and you'll also know that you are helping to contribute a show that you like um so that's the patreon you go to patreon.com and then you search always be booked within that and then you will get access to that show and all it is is a five dollar a month donation and if you count the two shows that's like less than like what is that i'm not good with math so it's like uh a little over 50 cents a show that's about it all right moving on Hi, Tommy. I am late to the ball, but want to cast a vote for keeping your podcasts long. Your podcasts are definitely not too long. Let those who don't like it hit the double time or find shorter podcasts, in my not humble opinion. Your podcast is one of a kind. When the first beats of where the boat leaves from start, it's instant relaxation and settling in. I do miss the boat horn that used to play during the intro that was the icing on the cake your voice is mellow with its own new york style drawl and you don't speak 100 miles an hour and trip over your own words as some podcasters do or have irritating elevator music playing in the background during the entire podcast you're uh, so you're not a fan of uh, the royal caribbean blog Uh, podcast i see uh you are a natural storyteller and those stories are funny when i first started listening i thought you were singing the intro song and was very impressed wait a minute how do you know it's not me it could be me right uh perfect song for the podcast there are strong similarities between your voice and the singer also was amazed that a new yorker liked country music thanks for the introduction to eric church zach brown band etc wow i introduced you to eric church and zach brown that's worth it enough for me knowing that you are going to be blessed with the joy of having music like that in your life i mean that's just in general is just awesome but uh what did i want to touch on there um no we'll go back uh so you might like a podcast called you might like a podcast called acupuncturist on fire episode okay episode episode entitled acupuncture experiences on cruise ships 6 12 15 so there's a little plug ladies and gentlemen if you're into acupuncture or fire, or cruise ships, or acupuncture on cruise ships, uh, check out that podcast. It is Acupuncturist on Fire. And uh, I guess the episode regarding the cruise ships is six twelve fifteen. I will definitely check that out. Uh, the acupuncturist, the acupuncturist, I'm having a little trouble with that word, huh? The acupuncturist tells behind-the-scenes stories of what it's like to work on a cruise ship, including the darker side. That's right up our alley. That's good information. I'm definitely going to check that out. And if you guys don't want to check it out, uh, just wait till I check it out. And I'll tell you if it is a worthwhile listen or not. It sounds like it's going to be, right? How could it not be? I wonder if you would consider reviewing the spa pass option versus staying in a spa cabin on Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and or Norwegian. 
We are new to cruising, but some ships have an option where you can buy a pass or book a spa cabin and have access to the thalassotherapy pool, warm lounges in front of the huge glass windows, and different kinds of saunas, etc. Not all spas have the thalassotherapy pool or are in a windowless room or are in a windowless room and likely not worth the extra, but some look amazing. The best rain. Rain, thank you so much for the email. I'm really glad I listen, I, I turned you on to some good music. Uh, that means a lot to me. That's like I said, mission accomplished if I was able to do that. Now, talking about the spa, I'm not a spa expert. I'll tell you this. I am very, very partial to getting the spa package, the spa pass, whatever you have you. Uh, I was introduced to the spa by upgrading on my first Carnival Splendor ship uh, trip and they put us in a spa cabin, so we automatically had the access. I don't know if I ever would have gotten it if I didn't get that spa cabin. And now, when I don't get a spa cabin, I most most of the time will upgrade to to the to get the spa pass. You know what I mean? I don't know. Can anybody weigh in on that? I didn't necessarily know notice anything different about the spa uh, cabins. The only thing I did know was that I think there might have been. A robe involved and some slippers involved, and proximate proximal to the spa, uh, the spa, the the actual spa. So that was it. That's all I really kind of noticed. But um, other than that, I think you should do it by pricing. Just price it out. Now keep in mind also, if you get a spa cabin, you have to pay more for the spa cabin because of what we just said. Uh, but if you don't and want to just get the spa pass, you have a little bit of more flexibility with your money. You get to not necessarily have to come up with the change for the spa on, you know, the day that you're purchasing the cruise. So, or, or, or by final payment, you can make that decision, uh, a day or so, I think a day or so into your, your sailing. So, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility to me. That's the main difference. Uh, and just other than that, just price it out. No, I do not. And somebody correct me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If there's anything more than I mentioned beyond proximity and maybe some nicer towels or whatever to getting a spa room versus a standard room uh, with a, a spa pass, is there more of a difference than what I said? Because I did not notice any of that. But uh, as far as all, all ships, yeah, not all ships have a spa package or a spa that was worth it. I don't think they really sell spa passes unless they have that. I have to say that and correct me if I'm wrong again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I don't think, you know, when you go on the, um, what is it? When I went on the Freedom of the Seas, a little bit of an older ship, but a great ship, but it's a little on the older side. I don't think they were selling spa passes because really they weren't going to rob you. They know that, well, we don't have the three or four different types of saunas. We don't have the therapy pool, and we're not going to freaking bend you over and charge you an extra 85 bucks to 120 bucks just to use the steam room. So kudos to for them for that. So I don't think, I think if you, if there is an offering of the spa, the thermal spa package to give you a pass, I think it's going to be worth it. I think, um, you know, but again, do your research on that. So once you, so for example, Carnival Freedom, you're going on Carnival Freedom. Uh, all right, they don't have a spa pass available. Okay, it's cool. So you don't get it. Now they do have a con- uh, they do have a spa pass available. You see that? Now you're wondering because it's the Carnival Freedom. It's an older ship. Is it worth it? Go on YouTube, check out a couple of videos. Cabin spa to spa of the of the 
a tour of the spa on Carnival Freedom. And then you'll be able to tell. You guys have seen this stuff before. So you'll be able to know if that's something you want to invest in or not. But you got to do a little bit of legwork. I cannot tell you offhand uh, how many what exact ships and classes of ships have the upgraded spa option. So that's all I got for you on that, and uh, hopefully that helped. Again, any information for rain, let's do it two ways, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com or 323-what? Get away. That's right. All right. Hey, Tommy. Steven in San Diego here. Man Diego? Nah. Guy to guy, we have a lot of women. And a ton of diversity here, so what you heard is wrong. And just search various hashtags on Instagram, Pacific Beach, Mission Beach, Coronado, Gas Lamp, Mission Bay, to name a few. The weather here is 60 to 80 year-round, low humidity, and 160-some-odd breweries to pick from. Like I told you before my long email, a partner, partnership, wait, like I told you, before during my long email partnership with doug and cruise tv lady oh this is steven steven what's up buddy steven is the one who um has me doug and uh, sherry teaming up with me eventually taking over the whole operation uh and doing a group cruise and doing a three-way conglomerate um thank you steven steven's back awesome uh you had some good laughs over. You just need to experience San Diego. Great food, tons of beer, great surf, and it's a climate where in the winter you can surf, snowboard, and golf in one day. Wait a minute. Are you serious? In San Diego? Come on, Steven. I can surf and snowboard. I can get golf. Golf makes sense. But surf and snowboard in San Diego? That's amazing. Uh, so if you get the courage to fly, well, no, I won't, uh, you let me know. If you're afraid of flying, just know more people died on Costa Concordia than any U.S. airline flight since about 2007. Now, Stephen, I'm going to touch on that for a second. You're absolutely right. I don't think for a second that, you know, taking a train or walking out of your house is any safer than flying. All I do know is that I got a fighting chance and I have some sort of control over it. When I'm five miles into the sky on a tin box... Uh, I have no control over it. So that's really what it is. It's Maybe it's more of the control. You know what I mean? When I'm in a car as a passenger on a highway, I'm never on, on regular roads, back roads or, or city roads. I'm not really worried about it. But anytime on a highway, uh, especially in the rain, I'm kind of panicking because whoever's next to me is in control and I'm not. Uh, what do you want me to tell you guys? I'm a weirdo. Uh, and there are approximately 100,000 flights globally each day. So do the math. Um, I, I believe you. I believe you. Any luck figuring out that sound? It happened during the last part of your three-hour podcast on the best of uh, question by Robert. Uh, Richard or Robert, he wasn't sure. Uh, anyways, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing and, and good call with the co-host. Nice change. Now, Stephen, I listened back, man. I didn't hear it. You guys tell me. I'm sure you guys have heard it. This is, I think you're the second person. You aren't the same person last time, right? I think you're the second person who said they heard a high-pitched thing in the, in, the end, in the end of my podcast. I mean, it could have been my refrigerator kicking on, which I'm four feet from right now. Um, I, I try not to ever be more than four feet away from the refrigerator. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So we'll cover a couple of things. San Diego, no. So it's not Mandiego. He's saying it's not a sausage fest. That's good to know. And uh, diversity is always good. And uh, all those places, most of them I heard of. We used to, we have a bar in San Diego, I think. It's um, 
if you've ever gone to McFadden's, that's us. And uh, that's that's this owned by the same company as I work for right now. The weather, that's what I did say I heard. I heard the weather is out of control with low humidity, beautiful. And uh, that's pretty much it. All right. So, yeah. No, I, I eventually I have a couple of friends that live out there too. But, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I had my run at the West. I was in Phoenix, Arizona for a while. Took the little drive to L.A. Spent a few days out in L.A. as well. And I always wondered, you know, I'd done Vegas too a couple of times. I just wonder, is my is my West Coast days over? Who knows? You never know. Time will tell. You never know where this beautiful life will take us. And that's why, you know, we did the thing. Speaking of beautiful life, um, I said it on the Facebook thing, and I, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the sad news about Anthony Bourdain. I mean, that is, I, I, I you know, in this era where... You hear a lot of stupid internet pranks and fake deaths. It's always, you know, we've done it too. You know how many times we've got on the microphone and held a moment of silence and killed off Nick Lachey from, uh, you know, what's what's the group again? I forgot. But, you know, we do it. And you get a laugh out of it and people put it on the internet. Is it funny? Sometimes it is funny. Sometimes it's not. Maybe it's inappropriate. But I saw Anthony Bourdain and then before I looked deeper into it, before I looked at the source, I analyzed it in my mind. I was like, okay, fake or not? Is this fake news? Is it a fake death because you see so much? Or did Anthony Bourdain really, was Anthony Bourdain really found dead? And uh, before I looked into it, I guess I did a little a little contest with myself to see if I would be right or not. So I, I thought about it and I said to myself, no, he did not kill himself. This is a fake death. This is fake news. This is an internet prank and a hoax. And uh, the reason I said that is because, uh, you know, actors, actresses, they kill themselves. You never know what kind of pain they're living in. And, you know, they, they, do they, they always have to measure up. Their fall from grace is large. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if, they, if, you're, if you're on the top of the list one day and then all of a sudden you come crashing down. And while you still have a very good life, you still got a taste of what it was like. And you're not like that anymore. And you don't have that life anymore. Um so I get it. Actors and actresses, singers, people with drug problems, uh, not well-adjusted people. You know, I, I say, yeah, I get it, even though it seems crazy, like Robin Williams. Why would Robin Williams kill himself? No idea. However, he did. And you know what? Entertainment people, they also have, like, personalities. They have uh crazy personalities at certain times you just never uh you never know what they're going through in their personal struggles so be it it i guess you know it's it can happen to everybody because clearly i was wrong i looked up and i found out the news was true anthony bourdain did commit suicide and i was like man uh this is a guy who had his own show several of his own shows tailor-made to exactly what he wanted to do he got paid to travel around the world experience different cultures try the best food try the best whiskey see the most exotic destinations and just cap off his day by sitting around talking about it and kicking his feet up enjoying it relaxing and uh and, and having a tv show and a certain amount of notoriety about it and i would imagine getting paid very comfortably for it something in him wasn't right something within him uh you know there was a battle that none of us will ever know 
and they say that you know what I mean however you approach somebody and you see somebody you know oh, that guy's an asshole this girl's a bitch you know how you know how nasty this guy is he's never pleasant he's never pleasant but then somebody said you know I'll say this this is an actual story uh, there was a woman that came into a bar and this is a uh, big shout out to my friend JR who used to be a co-worker of mine at Johnny Utah's uh, one of my assistant managers and he told me a story about um, you know, this 70-year-old woman or whatever, she looked around 70, she used to come into the bar every day, she used to sit there, and she just didn't give the time of day to the hostesses or the servers. She just wouldn't look up at them, she ordered whatever, she did this, she did that. Now, I'm not making excuses for this woman because clearly she was miserable, and you know what? Why go through life just being rude to people or not, you know? But, you know, and then over time, of course, as you would expect, the whole staff developed this hate for her and this like it became hate, became make fun of, became just just completely just have disdain. Can't stand this woman when she comes in. Yeah, she tips a couple of dollars, but she can just be a little pleasant, look up, be nice, just found out, uh Somehow, and I'm not going to lie and make up a story about how I found out, how they found out. I guess someone started speaking to her or she eventually opened up and she was a Holocaust survivor. So this was years back. I don't know the timeline, so don't quote me on it. But point is, everybody is fighting some struggle that none of us will ever understand or or be able to quantify within our own minds. And it doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. It doesn't matter any of it. You know, I just... It's amazing. Uh, I could tell you this. I haven't had a charmed life per se. Listen, I count my blessings every day. I've had it. You know, I'm not. I'm not a celebrity, is what I mean. I'm not rich. I'm not. I didn't grow up. You know, I grew up in lower middle class, probably standards. And you know, I, I just didn't. Didn't. Not that we want to get into it, but I just didn't. It wasn't like a bed of roses. Is all. That's all. Um. However, just the thought of the thought of ending your life. The, is so far away of something that I could ever even grasp, a concept that I was like, you know what? I wake up, I have a thirst for life. I love life. You know, I have, we all have struggles. I have struggles, you know, some more times than others. At some points it's worse, some points it's better, but under no circumstances could I ever imagine it coming to the point where it gets so bad inside your mind that you want it to go dark. You just want it to go away and you want to end it. And uh, for those people, man, my heart is with you. My prayers are with you. And I let them like, say prayers. I'm not overly religious, but my thoughts are, I'm with you. And I, and I just, you have my ultimate sympathy because to get to that point, I just can't imagine it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And shout out to anybody who's ever had to, and I'm sure a lot of you have, have had to deal with mental health issues yourself, whether it was directly by suicide or just, you know, suicide in their own way, but just overly using substances and things like that, alcohol or whatever. I'm very, very sorry. And and I have, um, you have my utmost sympathy and, and my thoughts are with you. And like they say, they're saying it over and over and over again now. You know, these, I tend to, you know, I don't know, when things get gratuitous online and people start repeating the same things over and over again, like these this whole hashtag culture, I tend to just reject it when it gets thrown down my throat. But there is a takeaway from this in what you're seeing a lot of is check on your friends. Just check on people, the people that you care about, the people that care about you, the people that you know that would be there for you. See how they're doing. Check in with them. If they got a vent, let them vent. If you got a vent, vent to them. All that stuff. I'm not here to be a public service announcement guy. That's not what we do here. But, you know, when a guy like Anthony Bourdain decides to kill himself, 
you really wonder, man, what is going on? What happened? And you know, it, it's 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 very very sad. And then this also culture of just these school shootings and everything else like that, like you know, it, it's 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 not the same. You know, you want to say thank you for only killing yourself and not killing you know mass amounts of people, but you know, those just that's the second level of it. Those that that's the worst level of killing killing yourself is not enough it's you got to take out a whole school with you or attempt to take out as much of a school as possible with you and that's where it's on a whole different level so really i think it is a good message out there to just kind of check on each other check on yourselves if you need to be checked on or if you need to you know reach out to somebody do it let them know they'll hear the tone of your voice hey listen i could use a could use a friend tonight you know what i mean could use a buddy tonight you know what i mean just just do that if you feel like you have to that's all don't uh don't hesitate. Or even if you're not feeling suicidal, even if you don't feel like that, you just you know could use somebody to vent to. Everybody's been in that position, so shame on the people who aren't willing to lend a receptive ear to that. And uh, that's all I'll do on that uplifting topic. But uh, <clears throat> just wanted to put that out there. Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, and uh, you know our thoughts and prayers with anybody who uh, you know suffers as a result of not having him on this earth anymore as well. Moving on. Hi, Tommy. First off, thank you for your wonderful podcast. I really enjoy all the content. We're going on Harmony of the Seas February 3rd to the 10th, 2019 out of Port Port Everglades. My husband and I are also talking, taking his parents along with us. We are flying JetBlue into Fort Lauderdale February 2nd, uh, arriving at around 9 a.m. I am looking for a hotel that would let us let us use the amenities before check-in time with a bar and a pool or beach access. Complimentary breakfast would be nice too. I am also hoping we can find a good seafood restaurant walking distance from the hotel for dinner. Any help would be greatly appreciated since I am not familiar with the area and would like to be in a nicer slash safe location. Okay, so you are getting into town on February 2nd at 9 a.m. Looking for a hotel. Yeah, I don't think you have too many problems with the hotels using the amenities. Uh, just because you're arriving well before checkout time, they'll even take your bags. Of course, they'd appreciate a tip, but uh, they'll take care of that. That's not the issue. Now, we spoke. This is from Katie. Katie, me, I sent Katie an email because this was like perfect for me because I was like, holy crap. Yeah, the uh, you guys have heard me talk a bunch of times in this podcast about the Hilton Marina in Fort Lauderdale as well as uh, 15th Street Fishery. And uh, that's what I would definitely recommend to do. However, Katie got back to me and said that that hotel is sold out. Not good news. I think that is along. Oh, if anybody could help me out, I think it's along 17th Street, if I'm not mistaken. It's right over a causeway. There are four or five other hotels right in that area that I know have good reputations. I'm not necessarily saying that I've stayed at any of them because I'm I'm actually saying I haven't is what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, I would say you know look around, uh, look at some look at some ratings. Anything along you know if you if you want to get a little bit away from the cruise terminal, which you know you may not want to do. The hotels along the A1A Strip right near Fort Lauderdale Beach are fantastic, and there's tons of restaurants in Fort Lauderdale to go to. There's, uh, you know, the whole river walk there. You have um, Rock Burger, which is delicious. You have Rocco's Tacos. You have the 15th Street Fishery, which is delicious. There's a bunch of other seafood places in that area. Um, So there's tons of stuff to do. Fort Lauderdale, you can't go wrong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Anything on Los Olas, on the river walk, is great. There's a place called the Royal Pig 
is delicious. Some real, it's a real gastro pub uh, type setting. A lot of good food there. Uh, what else? Let me think. Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, you have the regular steakhouses if you want to do that. You have a place called um, the. They got two locations. What is it called again? Oh, quarter deck. Quarter deck is right there. Uh, tons of places. Tarpon Bend. I always love to. When I'm in South Florida, I just love getting the fish dip. So that's that's a you know those are some places you can go. Uh, there's tons of nightlife as well if you're looking for that. But um, as far as hotels, I'm not an expert in the hotels. I know what any of the big names you could check out are on, along Fort Lauderdale Beach, which is uh, along A1A, and then anything. In that area, if you go on Google Maps where the Hilton Marina is, there's three or four different, maybe maybe even more hotels right in that area in that same way, in that same kind of district, that hotel district, which is right near Port Everglades. So I would definitely recommend checking any of those out. But um, that's it. That's the show for this week. I want to thank you guys so much for listening as usual. I hope you guys join in and sign on to the Patreon account. $5 a month will get you two shows a week. That's, you know, eight shows a month. And... uh more booked we're making the final push and we're coming in hard and we're hoping for the best so uh always be booked on instagram please check us out on itunes and rate us review us if you don't mind don't forget guys join the always be booked cruiser cruisers ultra lounge on facebook also invite your friends if your friend likes cruising send the link to them and let them join quick we got a we're approaching 500 members real fast, and I like the fact that it's a tight-knit community, but I would also like to see us grow a little bit. Let's see where we can get with that. Instagram, like we said, all that stuff, YouTube, and uh, that's about it. Cones, boat drinks, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean, but you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy. Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away 
Or look at big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from